0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Horsin' Around. Saddle up and get ready to have a darn tootin', galloping, good time as we trot out the show that's your ultimate horse source, of course. Find out how to use good old horse sense when it comes to breeding, feeding, training, and explaining. From practical tips on caring for your horse's health, to advice on how to buy horse supplies, including bridles, halters, saddles, and more. So get ready to start horsing around with your host, horse expert and award-winning rider, Audrey Pavia. Howdy, Audrey.
1: Welcome to Horsing Around on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. This week, we're going to talk about a very special sport that just about anyone can do on horseback, competitive trail riding. Competitive trail riding is just as it sounds, competing on horseback while you're on the trail. What's great about competitive trail riding is that you can do it with just about any horse and with any kind of tack. You don't need an expensive horse and fancy equipment. Plus, instead of being inside an arena, you'll be enjoying some of the most beautiful trails in the country. Today, we're going to talk to champion distance rider Beverly Roberts. The horses she has trained and competed have earned an impressive record of 18 national, international, and regional distance championships. Bev will tell us all about competitive trail riding and how to get started in this very fun sport. We'll talk to Bev right after these messages.
0: Why the long face? I reckon Horsing Around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors. front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your
2: four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. designerpetsweaters.com
1: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com
0: We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, We're back on the trail, so park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet.
1: Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and we are here with competitive trail rider Beverly Roberts. Bev, welcome to the show. Thank you, Audrey. First off, tell me a bit about competitive trail riding for folks who don't know what it is. Uh, What is it and how does it work?
2: Uh, What it is is distance riding. A lot of us go pleasure riding. And we may go out for an hour or two on some trails, some favorite trails. In distance riding, we're going a minimum of 15 miles. And we are being judged both in our horsemanship and how our horse is doing on the trail and through obstacles and our horse's condition. What is
1: the difference between competitive trail riding and endurance riding? I'm sure a lot of people are confused about that.
2: Yes. there's Well, actually, there's several differences between... Competitive trail riding and endurance riding, the the most prominent of those is that endurance is a race. The horse and rider team who finish first and are, are in a good enough condition to continue—not a horse that's been exhausted—but uh, finishes first and is good enough condition to continue—is is what endurance riders do. The competitive trail riders, we have a marked course, just like endurance riders, uh, marked with ribbons or signs and whatever, and it is has a specific time period in which to cover that course, which requires you pretty much go at a specific steady pace. So in the case of, of 50 miles on an endurance ride, that might be done, the winning horse may do it in five hours, an average 10 miles an hour over the trail. In competitive trail riding, If we have to go, say, 30 miles in the open division, they may take six hours of riding time to do that distance, averaging five miles an hour on the trail. And when you get to the end of the ride, the timer at the finish line, there's a small window of one-half hour in which you must complete. If you're too early, you're penalized. If you're too late, you're penalized. The whole idea is to get... To compare good trail horses over a specified distance in a specified amount of time, going through obstacles, and being able to compare each one against the other to see who is the best horse and who is the best horseman on that day. Okay. So, (laughs) yes, that 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 definitely explains it.
1: Describe a ride for us, like how, how it starts from the moment you check in, uh, I know you check in the day before the ride, and then yes. what? For, walk us through how it how the whole thing works.
2: Okay, um, let me first say that there are three classifications of rides. There's a one-day, two-day, and three-day, and most of the rides across the country are two-day rides. With the one-day rides generally are on Saturdays, so... Whatever happens on a two-day ride is the same thing for a one-day ride. It's just they get to go home on Sunday and the rest of us are still riding. Mm-hmm. So on Friday, the usually the ride management has the judges, the vet judge and the horsemanship judge, there at the ride and ready to start checking horses in on Friday afternoon about hmm, 2 o'clock. And this gives the... Uh, the judges a baseline on where the horse is. They actually have cards. We have cards both for a horse and for horsemanship that uh, we get a copy of at the end of the ride. So we see what this baseline is. In general, there are no points taking off. Take it off unless, say, a horse is lame, a little bit lame, just slightly lame, something that doesn't really show. Then. Uh, Generally, they won't lose any points at check-in because, again, we're just getting the baseline. So this starts about 2 o'clock. And before you can go to see the judges, you have to go to the office, which is probably the back of somebody's trailer, horse trailer, with a little tent over it, and get your rider packet. And in the rider packet are the number that uh, you'll be for the weekend or for the one day if you're doing just a one-day ride. The uh, and that's a, a in a form of a bib, plus um, usually marked ribbons or something with the same number on that you can put on your horse in case a horse gets loose somewhere in the camp. They'll know right where to take it back because it's number so-and-so, and she's parked over here. And you also sometimes get the ride map in advance, and you might get a list of who the riders are in each division. There are three divisions, novice and CP, those two go at the same pace, usually about four miles an hour, and they do not exceed forty miles over two days.
1: And so, most of that is at a walk and a little, a little bit of trotting. Yeah, I'm that's
2: all. Generally, a walk. If you have a gated horse, it's probably you're going to be walking the whole time.
1: <laughs> right. right. Uh,
2: and it, it, it's a walk and a little bit of trotting. And um, the competitive pleasure division, the only difference between it and the novice division in general, is that it's usually populated by people who have ridden in the third division, open division, and are starting a new horse, or they just prefer to go at the slower pace and the slower distance. But they Mm -hmm. do get to do the open level obstacle. And then there's the third division, which is open, which generally runs around five miles an hour. And over a two-day weekend will not exceed 60 miles. So your your bibs are colored, or your bibs, your numbers, whatever, so that when you go up to the judges, they'll know, easily can spot, yes, this is a novice rider, or this is a CP rider, or this is an open rider. You get your rider packet and get yourself all settled in at your camp. Of course, now these days, everybody has to have their yellow Coggins paper with them for inspection, and they do write down the accession numbers on that. So then... Groom your horse, get them all nice and clean, and it's not grooming like for show. It's grooming for practical riding. You just make sure there's no clumps of dirt, no insects, but your mane and tail aren't all ratty, and just have them all nice and clean, including even their nostrils and stuff, no dust in there, and pick their feet so the judge will be able to look at the bottom of the feet and at the shoeing, if you have shoes on your horse, and then go up to it's pretty obvious where the judges are because that's where everybody's milling around and that's where the horses and riders are uh, standing around. You don't use your tack at this point. You're just getting a a baseline vet check, which is probably better than most checks any of us get at home from our local vet. And this will happen several times throughout the, the ride where the vet will check on your horse's condition. For check-in, they don't worry about pulse and respiration.
0: But okay. along
2: the trail, there will be places along the trail where you stop and have pulse and respiration checks. Right. And usually the, the veterinary judge is there to, to do the uh, check on metabolics, mm-hmm. um, mucous membranes, uh, hydration, uh, gut sounds, things like that. Uh, for the baseline check-in, the judge will... Listen to all those things, but they won't record a pulse and respiration. And they'll have you, after they've, you, you stand your horse, and your horse is supposed to stand still, and after they go all over your horse, listening to this, picking up that foot, and rubbing along the horse's back and loin, and in the girth area to see that there's no sores or anything there, they'll ask you to trot out. And it's usually a trot out, circle to the left, circle to the right, and then trot back.
1: This is in hand, right?
2: This is in hand, yes. You do not get on your horse. This is all in hand. Mm -hmm. So then you're done with having to do anything for the horse until the next day when you actually are going to go out on the ride. But still, um, after everybody's checked in, there is a ride briefing on Friday night. And that's where you're... Uh, All your judges are introduced and the volunteer workers and ride management and there's a discussion of the trail. And during that briefing, they tell each division the miles they're going and the times that they have for completing the ride, including the maximum and minimum for that half-hour window that I mentioned. Usually they'll give you times that are the midpoint, halfway between that. So if you were going to be out on a trail from uh, 1 to 5 or from 12 to 5 or 5 hours, let's say it that way, you were going to be out on the trail for 5 hours, then they would say that you have 4 hours and 45 minutes to 5 hours and 15 minutes to complete the trail. We can go on to the next day if you'd like to at this point. Well, let, let me um let me stop you for a
1: second and ask okay. you a little bit about the uh, judging of the campsite.
2: Oh, yes. Well, that occurs on Saturday. Usually it's on Saturday night. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a horsemanship judge, is one of their requirements, is to uh, go around. And the horsemanship judges are terrific teachers. Most of us in our early days never camped with our horses. We don't know how to set up a safe camp. And so they're not there to just ding you for having this point off and that point off. They're there to help you to make suggestions so that you'll learn and have your horse safely stabled at your trailer. Most of the time, the horses are tied to the trailer. Sometimes there are high ties allowed. Electric fences are not used in competitive trail riding. If a horse should get loose and start going through camp with a electric fence streaming behind it, there would be quite a show yes <laughs> so, so they're getting uh how long of a, a lead rope how long should your lead rope be so that your horse is able to eat and drink and lay down but not be so long that it could constantly get its foot over the rope and then pull back and so on and uh is your area clear of all the you no know, chairs and Other things laying around that the horse would step on and kick and like rakes, buckets, whatever. Securing your buckets to the trailer so that if your horse takes a drink and decides to itch, scratch its head, it doesn't knock the bucket off and dump all your water. Making sure that there are no rocks, debris, trash from previous campers that that had been at the site before you. There might be little pieces of glass and cigarette butts and whatever, you take all those things and just clear the area. So your horse, how would you like it to be if you had to stand out by the trailer? Would you rather stand out rocks or nice grass or dirt or whatever? So you keep the area <laughs> clean and picked up. And the horsemanship judge goes around to every trailer and checks all of this
1: right okay well we're going to take a little break and when we come back we're going to talk about what kind of horse you need to do competitive trail
0: riding so stay tuned why the long face i reckon horsing around will be back in the saddle right after we round up a few words from our sponsors molly here's your dinner zeus that's not your food
2: purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com.
1: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
0: We know you're chomping at the bit to hear more horsing around. Well, we're back on the trail. So park yourself over yonder and set a spell. You ain't heard nothing yet.
1: Welcome back to Horsing Around. I'm your host, Audrey Pavia, and we're here with competitive trail rider Beverly Roberts. Beverly, tell me what kind of horse you need to do this sport. One thing I really like about this sport is that you don't have to have a $50,000 show horse to do this. That's
2: right. That's the beauty of this sport. Anybody can do this. Anybody 10 years of age or older can do competitive trail riding in the North American Trail Ride Conference where I ride. The horses also are uh, have to be at least four years old if they're going to be a novice division and five years old if they're going to be an open, four years old in competitive pleasure. But the, the beauty of it all is it can be any horse, any breed, uh, any kind, whether it's gated. And when I say horse, that exclude, that does not exclude donkeys or mules. Mules and donkeys are equines, so we really should be talking. You can use any equine. I suppose if there's somebody out there that can ride a a zebra, it could be (laughs) That could be interesting. (laughs) The the most important thing when you're figuring on a horse to use is their mind. How good are they out on the trail? Are they relaxed? Do they spook at everything? Or Do you have a partnership with them you know, uh, good legs and good feet are are definitely part of the equation. But if you're just starting out and the horse you have is, well, my first horse was 18 years old. So that's the horse I rode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a half thoroughbred, half quarter horse. Now I'm riding Arabians. But when right. I, for some folks, uh, I've been riding paints, but I'm finding in this part of the country There are lots of Missouri foxtrotters and Mm -hmm. walkers and gated horses. So any horse, whatever you've got standing out in the pasture with a little bit of uh, conditioning can go in the novice division and start out and find out what the sport's all about.
1: Okay. So what does your horse need to know before you tackle a, a first ride as a novice?
2: First thing your horse... Well, your horse needs to know how to load in the trailer.
1: <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> Unless you live right next door to the campground where that ride's gonna be held, you're gonna be hauling that horse somewhere. So it has to be able to calmly load in the trailer and get and back out again too. And not taking three hours to load into the trailer, but take thirty seconds to two minutes, maybe, load in the
1: trailer. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Uh, your horse needs to let other people pick up its feet, and generally everybody's horse does that because they've had the shoeer out there many times to shoe their horse, so they have to be able to pick up their feet. They have. Um, it's nice if they're, they're calm. It, it's nice for them to know that if there's other horses out on the trail that they don't necessarily have to be buddies with them all. Usually you'll f- find out, and it happens every time to me when I start a new horse. The horse that I've been riding at home for weeks and months with other people all over the countryside is not the same one that gets out of the trailer when I get to a trail ride, when, he, when that horse is at its first ride. Uh, the, the excitement is quite a, It's unusual. It's different. They're not comfortable in that situation. When you're riding your horse, your horse should be able to know you should be able to walk, trot, Not necessarily canter. Uh, We aren't required generally to do that, to canter, partially because it's a slow pace and partially because that would be foolish to run your horse and then sit around somewhere, time to go by, so that you can come in after your minimum time at at the finish line. So your horse will walk, trot canter, back up, leg yield or side pass. Generally it doesn't get... Much tougher than that in the novice division. As you go on up into the open division, there's uh, turn on the forehand, turn on the haunches, or any combination of those mm-hmm. uh, maneuvers. Just, just typical stuff. Being able to control your horse's feet and control the front end separately from the back end. Generally, there's no jumping. Now, I know horses will jump, but you're not required. I haven't been on a ride for quite a while that has required any kind of jumping, and if they do, it's not any more than a foot or so. And your horse does have
1: to stand for mounting. That's important, too. Oh, yes.
2: Oh. I've been doing this for over 30 years, and that used to be the most tense part for me when I first started riding was whether my horse was going to stand still because I was new. I didn't know how to... I wasn't a trainer or anything. I didn't know anything. I just, oh, please stand still. And it got to where she would, my uh, second horse, would um, decide that it was time to uh, get excited and kind of poop. So while she was pooping, <laughs> I would quick get in the stirrups and get on the saddle. You know, they don't want to move right. all He
1: wasn't going to move. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even if they'll
2: stand still at home, you know, when they're yes. there, it's
1: a whole other story. So
2: You're, you bet. That's. Yeah. Very true, and uh, there's a lot of oftentimes what they have you do is they'll have you come up. The horsemanship judge and the vet judge will watch you mount your horse and note whether whether the horse is standing still and and so on. Then you uh, may be asked to trot off or just just asked to uh, walk on down the trail. Well, then the the rider behind you has a horse. That says, well, wait a minute, I want to go with that horse. So even right. if you have the most wonderful horse in the world, it's really important to train them to stand for a mount from either side. Mm-hmm. And it's now that, like, I've kind of given away my age since I've been in this <laughs> for more than 30 years. It's good to train them to be able to mount from a mounting block, stump, a rock, tailgate of a pickup truck, whatever it is, to make it easier. For you to mount your horse and not be pulling on them when you uh mount your horse sometimes you have to, you're required to do a mount from the flat that means with no aids to help you up into the saddle but um most of the time you're allowed to use whatever natural terrain, even ditches mm-hmm. like i said before rocks logs, logs rocks, whatever, to uh make it an easier task for you. Okay. Now, what kind of tack do you need? Tack. That's, that's just like the horse. It's any tack that you are using already. If, if there's anything that I have to say that you must do is to make sure you use a saddle that fits your horse because a heavy saddle that fits well will not sore a horse, whereas a light saddle that does not fit well will. And if you ride heavy in the saddle... You'll sore your horse's back, right, um, and
1: you'll also get marked down because they don't want to see you. Oh so,
2: yes, <laughs> <Both the> horse, <laughs> if your horse's back is is sore, when they uh, they usually check back check backs and legs on Saturday evening. You get to go up to the vet in hand with your horse, and um, they'll that's when they'll check backs and legs. They're looking for mm-hmm. soreness and girth area. Any soreness there or any rubs or anything that the tack has, from ill-fitting tack. If your horse has been a pain all day and, and he's got a little sore rubbed at the corner of his mouth, the vet judge is probably going to see that and probably the horsemanship judge too. Because the perfect trail horse will do, you know, you'll function the two of you as a, as a well-oiled machine and just go down the trail as if you were giving no cues at all.
1: Tell me a little bit about the kinds of places where rides are held.
2: This is one of the things I love most about the sport: is that there, it's held all across the country. Managed, it's put on by each ride is put on by local people or local clubs or whatever, as part of the who are members of the whole nationwide organization, and they all use national forests, BLM land. Uh, private ranches, huge private ranches that, uh, you would never get to ride on. And nowadays, there's a lot of these private ranches that are set up for pleasure trail riders and, and, uh, they also run competitive rides with the local club on their ranch. So it, it could be mountains, deserts, <laughs> forests, <laughs> rivers, lakes. Anywhere in the United mm-hmm. States. And it's usually some of the most beautiful country, part of the country that these are held at, because they right. are national forests or national or um, state parks and private ranches and so on.
1: And tell me, after you've all done all this hard work, what you get at the end of the day if you've scored well.
2: <laughs> well, if you have scored well, uh, that we give out uh, ribbons in first through sixth place in each division and each uh, class within the division. Because this is a distance sport and the horses can be stressed, there are weight classes, and the juniors are separated from the adults. So you have, like, novice, lightweight, novice, heavyweight, and novice junior, and open lightweight, open heavyweight, and open junior. CP is has no weight divisions or no weight classes, so that's mm-hmm. if you have 20 people in that ride, only the first six are going to get any ribbons. If you have 20 novice riders, well, some of the lightweight people are going to get ribbons, some of the heavyweight people are going to get ribbons, and some of the juniors are going to get ribbons. Uh, and they're given first through sixth place. And mm-hmm. in, in addition to that, for each division. In novice and open, those two, we have what's called a sweepstakes award, and that is the high point horse. Whether it's in uh, lightweight, heavyweight, or junior, and oftentimes it's the heavyweight horses that have the highest score. It's the highest scoring horse wins the sweepstakes award. They're not monetary awards. This is a family sport. It's a fun sport and educational, and you get ribbons and goodies. And, mm-hmm. you know, goodies can range anywhere from a hoof pick to a saddle. I've mm-hmm. I've been at one ride where a saddle was given away to the winner. Wow. I missed that by one point.
1: Oh, how frustrating.
2: In, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I dearly wanted a new saddle. Uh, oh, yeah. And, but anyway, besides the goodies and the ribbons and the completion awards, everybody gets a completion award. And those mm-hmm. can range from bandanas to... Uh, Little plaques that give the name of the ride and the year and a date and so mm-hmm. on, and right. um, so everybody goes home with a award because if you complete the ride, you've done something and you should be proud of it. And mm-hmm. so, besides all the, the you know the physical things, there's just the pride of accomplishment and having been out on the trail. Because most of the time you're not riding in a, with a group of people, you're riding by yourself. It's just you and your horse, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, heaven on earth. <laughs> right. When the two of you are really clicking and working together and everything just goes smoothly and there's nature all around you and it's, I don't know how to describe it. I don't have words for it. One thing, if you go to enough rides, you're going to pay your dues.
0: Mm-hmm. That means
2: you're going to get rained on. (laughs) In some cases, snowed on. you got to be a little tough, but there's
1: there's people in this sport that have been doing it for a very long time, are up there in age, and they're able to do it. There's a lot of, older women in the sport so you know it's a good way to toughen up a little bit i've done it i think it's a
2: great sport it's really fun a lot of those older women who are out there usually have their grandchildren with them riding Mm. in the junior class right
1: that's true It becomes a family uh, sport yeah
2: it is great for kids you know to learn the responsibility and they have to figure out the maps and stuff on their own and Mm -hmm. their times and it's just a super sport
1: Right, it's great and it's uh, predominantly uh, managed by the North American Trail Ride Conference also called NATRAC and we're going to put a link to that site on the show notes side of the website and so people can go on there and learn more about the sport that way. So thanks Bev, that's all the time we have for today. I'm really glad you came along and helped us learn more about competitive trail riding. And if any listeners have any comments or questions about horsing around, please email me at audrey at petliferadio.com.
0: Until next time, happy trails. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around every week on Pet Life Radio. Horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tooting, gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <coughs>